0: Hey everybody, welcome back for another TCB short, and today we're going to be taking out the question, who is Satoshi Nakamoto? So the short answer to that question is Satoshi Nakamoto is the anonymous creator of Bitcoin. So... He released the Bitcoin white paper on a cryptographic mailing list on October 31st, 2008. And then the software actually went live on January 3rd of 2009. So there's been a lot of efforts to try to figure out exactly who Satoshi was. And some kind of a sleuthing into kind of the early writings of his They noticed that a lot of his early postings were in certain timestamps that might suggest that he was either in the United Kingdom or the United States, either East or West Coast. Uh, They comb over some of the phrasing he uses. He uses some British phrasing like bloody or some British spellings of certain words, such as like favor, but using an O-U-R as opposed to just an O-R. But his identity is unknown, so the last um, known posting that anyone ever had of Satoshi was just in 2010, and he just simply said that he was moving, that the project was in good hands, that he was moving on to other things. So there's been many attempts to try to figure out who exactly this was, and there's kind of a short list of possibles. I won't go through all of them, but I'll touch on a few of them. Uh, One of them, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the, um, there was this out-of-work Japanese American physicist living in California, and his name was Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto, And there was a 2014 Newsweek article that basically said, hey, this is Satoshi. Uh, Essentially kind of ruined this guy's life. You know, everyone kind of parachuted in. We're asking him all kinds of questions. He denied that he was Satoshi, but they thought he was just trying to obfuscate the issue. If you've seen uh, some pretty popular kind of Bitcoin memes, of of kind the older Japanese male that they use his face, that's Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, He was one of the early ones that got debunked. Nick Szabo is often pointed to. He's a computer programmer, cryptographer that was doing a lot of work on kind of a precursor to Bitcoin or decentralized digital currency in the 1990s and early 2000s called Bitgold that never actually went live or never really kind of came to fruition. But some people think that maybe Bitcoin was the other, the next iteration on top of Bitgold that actually went live. Um, Hal Finney is another cryptographer that, uh, very popular in the, um, Bitcoin community. He actually received the first transfer of Bitcoin from Satoshi himself in 2009, shortly after the project had gone live. So there was some thinking that maybe Hal was Satoshi and he was kind of sending transactions to himself back and forth to kind of test out the project. Uh, Unfortunately, Hal Finney died in 2014 of Lou Gehrig's disease, so... If, if Hal was Satoshi, we, we'll never know that. And, uh, there's, you know, it's even come to some people look at Elon Musk and how he worked in PayPal, and it gets kind of ludicrous. You know, Elon worked at PayPal, early kind of digital currency idea, and, you know, maybe... The first million coins that were mined by Satoshi, maybe Elon's saving those to be currency for Mars or whatever we ever colonized Mars. So there's all range of people who they think it is. But the, the bottom line is nobody knows who Satoshi is. He's been able to remain anonymous, which is pretty amazing in the kind of modern age. But I think anyone that comes new to Bitcoin sees that Satoshi is anonymous and that gives them pause. And I was I was no exception to this. It seems a little bit shady at first glance. You're like, well, hang on, who created this thing? And it's digital and I don't really understand it. And OK, the creator is anonymous. Nobody knows who he is. It seems all very shady. Everyone worries that he's just going to show up and empty all the accounts and take all of the money. Um, but once you kind of understand exactly what how Bitcoin is constructed and how it doesn't really matter who Satoshi is or was based on its construction anymore, and that there were probably good reasons to remain anonymous, it, it kind of um kind of clarifies the, the concern, at least it did for me. So the idea of of Bitcoin being a decentralized network that was an open source project. So he just gave the code Satoshi gave the code away. The software started running on nodes all over the world as it got adopted. And then since it's a decentralized network, Satoshi doesn't have any control over the network. Even though he mined the first million coins, that doesn't give him any outsized control of the network more so than anybody else. So even though Satoshi created Bitcoin, if for some reason he was still alive and he wanted to destroy Bitcoin he wouldn't be able to do it, kind of in a Frankenstein's monster kind of way. If he wanted to destroy his own creation, he would not be able to do that because of the decentralized nature of the project. So it's really the idea that matters. And I think he knew that there were other other kind of um, attempts at making maybe a private currency, digital or otherwise, that failed because they were centralized. It's kind of an e-cash idea that failed because it was centralized. There was an idea called the Liberty Dollar uh, that was kind of trying to make a, a new private currency that was still based, bo- based on precious metals, unlike the U.S. dollar since 1971. But the, um, the creators of the Liberty Dollar were actually charged in 2009 of counterfeiting and fraud. So he saw these other projects, and he actually mentioned in some of his early writings that centralized projects often fail, uh, but decentralized projects seem to do better or seem to succeed Uh, He pointed towards like the Onion Router or the Tor network as one of these decentralized projects that although somebody, some would be motivated to try to shut it down, were not able to shut it down. So he knew that being kind of decentralized was going to be key to the potential success of this. So and then I think he also knew that um, being faceless, you'd have to attack the idea of Bitcoin on merit. There'd be no single place to go to lean on, to exert influence or potentially character assassinate the creator in order to try to destroy the project. So uh, I think he was remaining anonymous for good reason, and he has no ability to influence the network or hack the network or rug pull everybody that's participating in the network. And I think that's important to understand about Satoshi. I thought what was interesting, um, there's a really interesting book called The Book of Satoshi by Phil Champagne and it's really just a collection of early writings from Satoshi. And I thought found that really interesting, even though we can't figure out exactly who Satoshi was. I found it interesting to kind of figure out, well, what was Satoshi's motivation? Uh, he mined, he bootstrapped, mined the first million coins. He never sold any of those coins. He never moved any of those coins. Uh, so it didn't seem like... Profit was his motive, particularly in the beginning when Bitcoin was kind of worth nothing. I think he he kind of saw a bigger vision than that. And he's never capitalized on any coin, even to date, when we've seen Bitcoin go from zero cents to all the way up to 69,000 at one point and maybe sitting right in the 30,000 something range now. He's never actually profited from any of those coins. So it doesn't seem like profit was his motivation. So looking at some of his early writings, it's interesting to think about, well, what was Satoshi's? motivation for creating this and uh the first block that was ever mined in the bitcoin blockchain you're able to embed kind of metadata into these uh blocks if you so choose and in the genesis block the first ever block satoshi embedded a headline from the times of london he wrote the times 03 january 2009 chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks Uh, Now, in some ways, this could have just been a headline kind of marking the beginning of a project, kind of the same way people will take a picture holding up a newspaper. But I also think that that was um, intentional, and I think it was kind of a a shot heard around the world kind of moment, because I think that Satoshi saw that the bank system and the government currency system working in conjunction during the 2008-2009 housing crisis, you had a financial crisis and those that have been entrusted with being stewards of the money, they didn't bail out the people. They didn't bail out people whose mortgages were underwater. They bailed out the well-connected and the large banks. And I think that's why he chose this to be embedded in, in that first block. So the people that were entrusted with uh, being good stewards of our money, it was a very, it was a very obvious breach of that trust trust. Uh, He has an early quote, I'll quote here, he said, the root problem with conventional currency is all the trust that's required to make it work. The central bank must be trusted not to debase the currency, but the history of fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust. So not only speaking to the United States in that particular instance where you come under financial crisis and you choose to debase everybody's savings in order to bail out well-connected banks and and large corporations. Uh, But also, every empire has really fallen to this. Anytime a government is given trust with the currency, almost without exception, they have debased that currency. So this was an idea that you could maybe separate money from state, separate money from human fallibility, and create a currency that could not be debased. That was actually just governed by mathematics. So, kind of a very revolutionary idea. And another quote by Satoshi as a new form of money that is not tied to any government or bank, Bitcoin represents a revolutionary step forward in the evolution of financial systems. So, I think he saw this as a revolutionary new idea that could kind of detach money from the state, detach money from banks, and have it just be governed by rules instead of rulers, as he says, um, and give that kind of power back to the people where you only have to trust mathematics and nobody is going to actually fall to that desire, to that human fallibility desire to debase currency and fund government through debasing of everyone's savings. So it was really kind of a revolutionary idea, a peaceful revolution against a system that is just no longer serving us. And Is no longer serving us kind of in exponential fashion as this as this problem grows larger. So um, I don't know if there's any V for Vendetta fans in the in the audience, but I watched that recently. Given uh, that it's November and it's kind of a uh, the famous lie, remember, remember the fifth of November. Uh, but right at the beginning of V for Vendetta, there's this um, there's this quote of, we are told to remember the idea, not the man. Because a man can fail. He could be caught. He could be killed and forgotten. But 400 years later, an idea can still change the world. So I think what Satoshi understood was the man doesn't really matter. It's the idea that matters. So, who Satoshi the man is, is not nearly as relevant as the idea that he gave the world. This idea that you could have. Neutral, apolitical money that separates money from the state and human fallibility and is absolutely scarce to protect everybody's purchasing power. Uh, An idea that gives permissionless, unconfiscatable property to anyone on the earth that voluntarily chooses to opt into the network, no matter what kind of government or regime they live under at the time. Uh, So I think um, it was the idea that matters. And it reminds me of a Victor Hugo quote, uh, there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And I think Satoshi saw that the currency system was failing us, and he finally was able to, uh, with technology, code a currency that removes that human fallibility and restores the power to the people or the holders of the currency themselves. So, although we'll probably never know who Satoshi actually was, um, in a way, he the idea lives on through every node that runs the software and everybody building on top of Bitcoin and everyone that's buying into this new dream that you can finally have stateless, apolitical money. So um, I hope that helps. I know uh, when you come to Bitcoin at first and you find out it's got, not only is it kind of shady and scary that it's digital and it's, you know, on a, on computers and something like the technology is not very well understood by everybody. But then also just the idea that there's an anonymous creator and kind of a worry that he's going to he's going to open the back door and drain all of the accounts. So just understanding it's a decentralized network where that's not possible. Satoshi had pretty good reasons to stay anonymous, knowing that this would have probably powerful enemies in nation states and banks and that he would become kind of the target of those of those enemies and uh, that it just doesn't really matter. It's the idea that matters, not the person. So, uh, yeah, spoiler I hope nobody's coming here thinking, oh, hey, man, he's figured it out. <laughs> he's figured out the mystery. He knows who Satoshi is, and he's going to let us know. But I believe if, if uh, hopefully that helps, that it's it's the idea that matters. The person is secondary. And uh, we have Satoshi to thank for that idea, whoever he is. And uh, that's it. So I'll thank you guys for all listening today. And we'll catch you next time. All right, all right. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Taking Care of Bitcoin podcast. If you want to get in touch, find me on Twitter at TCBCoin. That's at TCBCoin. All right, catch you next time. See ya.